Good evening and welcome to episode 63 of the Empire Strikes Back, a UK-based Yankees podcast. I'm your host tonight, Mark Blakemore, and I'm joined tonight by a couple of my usual salubrious colleagues. First of all, you know him as the man of New York Yankees UK, Mr. Jack Brown. How are you doing, Jack? I'm good, Mark. I'm good, mate. You're just happy to be back and um, chance some Yankees baseball with you guys. And he's back after a week off. We all missed him. No, we really did. Quite right. Quite right. Rob Rattery, how you doing, Rob? I'm very well. Good to see you, chaps. I can't even remember. Because there's so much glorious baseball, I can't even remember why I couldn't do it last Wednesday, but it was probably an excellent reason. It was rugby. Sorry, it's my other sport, is rugby. We'll we'll, we'll let you off. Welcome back into the world, anyway. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, Kevin is missing for the first time in ages. Kevin is somewhere in Scotland, Aberdeen, I think he said, selling motorcycles. So um, he'll be back next week, I'm sure. But anyway, this week's podcast is a rather special one. because We've got quite a lot to celebrate. This week's podcast in Sesame Street style is brought to you by the letter W and the numbers 0, 0, 0, 0, 0 and 3. So it's been quite a week. We've had, you know, we're doing this podcast a little bit earlier than normal because of just the way scheduling works and the way people can make it this week. So this time last week, I think we were all fairly unanimous that we'd have either a 3-3 week or a 4-2. We've actually played five games in that period. And guess what? We've won all damn five. And we'll start off at the biggest game of those five, which was the game last Tuesday, Mr. Corey Kluber on the mound and only did what five other people have done already this season, which is pitch <laughs> and no hitter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that guy, though, he's got ice in his veins, isn't he? I mean, if you if you just see him in action, that's a man of experience. That's a man who could control his heart rate. And I think that's one of the things they don't talk about with pitching enough, the ability. I thought all baseball players just to calm their their heart rate down. That, that's ice in your veins. It was, and obviously we can talk about the ball, we can talk about those differences, but what a pleasant surprise because that's the first one we've had in, and, uh, sorry, I mean, I shouldn't look at it. 99. I mean, it's just, to do it there as well for them, they'll be gutted, the Texas fans. But it was, and I know, Mark, you were more excited than all, than all of us about Kluber signing up, so you were probably having uh, quite the quite the quite the moment. <laughs> well, this quite, is all going on. That's the polite way of putting it. <laughs> I feel quite vindicated because obviously what we saw with, with Kluber in the first month, month and a half was in basically getting back into match fitness, as opposed to coin a football term, but just finding his way. And the Yankees, I think, did it the right way. They built his innings up slowly: four innings, four innings, five innings, six innings. And then it was a couple of weeks ago we saw uh, that game, I forget it was maybe in Detroit, where it was clearly lights out and pitched eight innings. And was, was you know, no runs in eight innings. And clearly then we could see that he was back to his best. You know, that slider, which is a thing of beauty, was just really working. And I think it was culminated in that evening against Texas when it was basically pretty much unhittable. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a real fun, fun thing to watch. I didn't watch it all, obviously. Funny enough, I did wake up for some unknown reason at like 2.30 and the game was still going on. So I put John and Susan in my ear to fall asleep again. And for some unknown reason, again, I woke up to hear in the call, but I had no idea what was going on. So it was all a bit of a strange. I did tweet out at 3.30 in the morning saying, I think it could be a dream. I don't know. I'm a bit delirious at the moment. We'll wake up in the morning and see what actually happened. Um, it's people have tried to diminish it. It's the first Yankees no hitter since what? Uh, first Yankees no hitter on the road since the mid fifties, which is a very interesting stat. Um, but yeah, it, it, people are trying to diminish it. Say it's happened five, well, five maybe six times other than Kluber this season. Whether you count Bumgarner's. No hitter if it's seven innings in a double header and no hitter. I do because Major League have made Major League Baseball have made this a rule that that is what concert that is a game. So whatever happens in that game counts. If you Absolutely. if you hit three or four home runs in that game and then you end up breaking the record for most home runs in the season, you're not that's gonna count towards that home run total. So why wouldn't no hitter count towards 
the, the, the record books simply. So, so yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. Something that I ha- I've never seen. I wasn't a Yankee fan in '99. Um, being only nine years old, it it was just something I really loved and something you could see Kluber getting into. You could see the first few games of the season he wasn't where he wanted to be. Almost in Kluber fashion, I didn't see much of the Indians when he was at the Indians, but apparently he was always a slow starter. He's always been a slow starter. I remember watching a Sunday game on in-play runs when it was him against, uh, I think it was against against Detroit, um, the ex-Marlins pitcher. Oh, I forget his name now. Yeah, there was them two going toe-to-toe. Yankees won that game, but again, as Mark said, he went eight innings, strong at eight, strong innings as well. So he sort of so I started to show signs, maybe not of a no hitter, but definitely becoming back to Uber of old. And for a guy that's for a guy that was written off, sort of like end of last season, beginning of this season, no one really thought much. They sort of thought the Yankees maybe overpaid with eleven million. Money well spent at the moment, isn't it? But it was a great was... battle between them both, wasn't it? Sorry, Mark, but it was a great battle between Yang and Kluber as well. Mm-hmm. It was it was a it was a really interesting and of course the one player that you knew that was going to break the deadlock was it was always going to be Tyler Wade. We always had had the confidence he was going to do that. <laughs> but, <laughs> proven but, hitter, Tyler Wade. Proven yeah. of all the people to do it. But I it, it was just it, it was it was just it was just something that was just joyous to watch because I sometimes feel, as a Yankee fan, you're, you're hoping that we're going to swing the bat hard and make contact, and that's how we win games. And, and and absolutely right, that's what we've been doing. That's our philosophy. I understand that. And so the satisfaction of this, and actually what our rotation has done, is that we're showing that we can play, yes, small ball on occasion, but actually dominate in a, in, in a, in a different sense. And I think you need that variety, the variety over the course of a season to be able to do that. And so, that, so I was delighted for Kluber. But hopefully that's some way of changing the mindset of the team, the way they discuss pitching and things like that, that, that they can do this. Um, and it was, like I said, ice in his veins. It was just that, that, that bit of leadership, that veteran arm that you needed in there that I, I think is going to benefit the team a long way. And this is what I was hoping for when we signed it. I'd, I'd be a liar if I said I expected this. And of course, the problem is he set the bar so high because he's always been a quality pitcher. Now you're going to go, well, how many more of these can you do? That's not going to happen. Uh, but it was nice, even if you just to get to see it once, it was fantastic. This was not a cheapy no-hitter either. Um, this wasn't a kind of an Edwin Jackson you know, blowing his arm out with 150 pitches and walking eight guys. This was nine strikeouts, 101 pitches, one walk. One walk, all game. This was not a cheapy. This was just a man on top of his game. And is, is there anything better than watching a, a, a guy or a pitcher step up and effectively take on the whole team on his own? He, he, he goes up there and it's every one of them against him. And he gets, he gets the better of them. He gets the one after another, one after another, obviously with the exception of the one walk. So was there, is there anything better than that to watch? Nope. So you answered one of my questions, which was going to be, when was the last Yankees no-hitter? Which, as you say, Jack, was 1999, mm-hmm. and it was done by David Cohn. It was David Cohn. It wasn't just a no hitter; it was a perfecto. And when he beat the Expos, what about the one before that? Can you remember that one? David Wells. It was David Wells. The year before, May 1998, David Wells beat the Twins. Another perfect game. Mm-hmm. Yankees don't just do no hitters; we do perfect games. <laughs> The one before that, I've got, I've got five of these, so as far how far back can you go? Uh, what was the one before 1998? Dwight Gooden. Oh, Jack, you're on a roll, my friend. I think it's where I'm going to run out now. <laughs> Dwight Gooden, just after a bit of... Um, he'd just been come back from a ban from um, using drugs, unfortunately, because we know that's a bit afflicted with, uh, with that addiction. And he just come back, and he was, I think it was only about his second or third game back after being suspended, and he throws a no-no, the only one of his career, which is quite something for a pitcher of his calibre. Okay, the one before that, which I'll be honest with you, is my favourite. No, no, I'm, go I'm, on, I'm go out. Go on, go, go on. Okay. Smash it, Blake Moore. Give it this to This is it. by a gentleman by the name of Jim Abbott, who beat the Indians. <coughs> and this is my favourite because Jim Abbott was born with one arm. 
Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, now, now, now you mention it, I, I've seen clips of that. This, this for me is just phenomenal for a man who makes a professional baseball career against all the odds. Um, not only to make the major leagues, but to pitch for the Yankees and then pitch a no hitter. That if you've not, if you've, any of you out there have not seen the pictures of this, Google it, put it, watch it on YouTube. It is fantastic. Um, it's absolutely amazing what that man could do. And the one before that one was going back to 1983. That was Dave Rigetti against the Red Sox. And the one before that one, a very famous one. You might remember this one. Going back to 1956. Give you a clue there. Whitey Ford. Nope. Oh, was it um, World Series, isn't it? Yep. World Series? Oh, yep. The name escapes me. Perfect game, World Series. Yep. Yogi Berra catching Mr. Don Larson. That's it. Oh, that's annoyed me, that one. <laughs> so that is our last six no-hitters. It's like I say, it includes three perfectos in there. Pretty damn good, I think. Mm-hmm. So we move on from the celebrations of the no-hitter. And we go on to the next game. And who was pitching that night? Was that Garrett Cobb? Herman. That was Herman, Herman. yeah. Okay. Whether you agree or disagree or personal, whatever, this, any other, he's just starting to come into form. He's the last three starts, is it? He went 0-2 to start off the season. He's now 3-2. Mm-hmm. He's just starting to find that bit of form that... Um, we, we saw a few seasons ago when he was winning all those games. Um, again, it's it's a it's a really good thing to have if you're if just for pure, purely baseball reasons and baseball talk. Um, we we we've always we've always doubt or sort of questioned whether he really does have it, whether he's worth the hassle and the off-field issues. Yeah, I think as a podcast, you can't we, we, we don't like like we don't like blokes who beat their women. I think yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty easy decision to make. But as 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 we've said, that's it's all it's like a, a, a an organization philosophy. Which is what have you done for me lately? And if if they're winning games, they're closing out games, they're doing whatever they're doing. If it's benefiting the Yankees, they wouldn't say they overlook it. They're willing to push it to one side. And and let you do your thing on the field, and he is doing his thing on the field. I don't yeah, think it's for us to to decide redemption, is it? It's not for you know. At the end of the day, if he's being affected and all these kind of things, I I think I think we'll spend every podcast because I think we all feel we're all on the same tune, and that we will have different viewpoints about whether someone should pay their penance, and at what point do you resolve that? Um, what we actually got was a was it was a pitcher who. Uh, I, I enjoyed his performance. You know, he he, he pitched pretty, pretty damn well to do it. I can't get behind him. Don't get me wrong. I can't be sitting there going, oh, I'm really pleased. Yeah, you can't cheer him on. Yeah. can't you, cheer him on. But mm, I can admire actually the picture yeah. on the night doing it. And that's, that's just something we're just going to have to, we're just going to have to live with because he ain't going anywhere, is he? <laughs> yeah, you, don't, you don't have to go for a beer with him, do you? You don't have no, to no. social or anything like that. You've just got to go, okay, yep. He, he, he done what he done on the field and, yeah, that's, that's all you can really do with it. Like it or not, I suspect we probably still don't, he has cemented his place back mm-hmm. into the Yankees rotation because yeah. his last two to three starts have been excellent. Um, and He's got his ERA down to 3.3.05. So yeah. you can't really ask for much more. And as, as I said, Marquis, well and truly, probably our third starter, if you had to sort of number them, one, two, three, Cole, Kluber, Herman, maybe Montgomery, between the two of them for the third, fourth spots. Mm-hmm. I own him fifth, so yeah, he's he's back, he's cemented his place in that rotation. We won that game, it was the second successive 2-0 victory, which sounds like, it's like a bit like West Ham, except would West Ham lose? I don't know, Bob. Um, uh, UA for Cup, but that's what I mean. There's just okay. fed, fed that one. <laughs> the, the old West Ham would have lost 2 0 twice on the trot anyway. Uh, I'm, I'm but, still hungover. Yeah. yeah. 
So that was a success. And, and basically, we won that game with a couple of pinch hits from Andrew Hall and Judge, both driving in men. Um, so a second successive 2 0. Nothing spectacular offensively, but defensively, can't, can't help another shutout. I, I like G. I like the way Gio came up for that one, though. If you watched it, I, he just he just stepped up, and there's just something about his confidence as a player when he's at the plate. I mean, his glove work is sensational. But I thought to myself, because you, you you bring Judge up, and I'm like, well, this this might probably get us where. But there's something about Gio, and it was such um, a lo- you know, lovely drive. In particular, you know, he just he just read it perfectly. His, and it, his, it, it took that little bit of quality to break yeah. that game, really. His um, situational hitting mm. is very underrated. He's, he doesn't try to hit a seven-run home run. He doesn't try to hit the ball back to, to some Manhattan or wherever. He just he knows what he needs to do to get runs in. And it's a very underrated part of his game. So we wrap up that series against Texas with a 3-1 series victory. We return home to Yankee Stadium and we face a really good side in, despite their manager, as we discussed last week, in the Chicago White Sox. Um, And so yet again, we have another strong pitching performance. So we have Kluber going nine innings, no runs. Herman, seven innings, no runs. And this evening, we have Jordan Montgomery going in seven innings, no earned runs. This was a real shootout, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was. It's a, these these wins of late have been really satisfying. That's the mm. best way to put it. They're, they're not games that you just go, oh, oh they've won. Okay, that's, you know, on to the next. They're games that you really savour and you enjoy. And as as Mark said, the White Sox are no pushover. They're no bad team. They're no Baltimore. They're no they're no sort of bottom feeders. They're no sort of bad team. So for them to come in and us to sort of carry on the momentum from Texas was a really good performance. And Monty stepping up to sort of he has sort of had one one good game, one bad game. He was on it. He was on it that night, and um, he showed it. So, so Monty had eleven strikeouts. The opposing pitcher Carlos Rodon had thirteen, and actually struck mm-hmm. out the first five Yankees he faced. Yeah. So this was a real shootout until the seventh. Yeah, they 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 they, they looked bad against Rodon. They they as uh, they they did not look good. And it's one of the games in in the past that we would have just lost. So I say it's a Verlander. Verlander comes to Yankee Stadium and does that to the first five batters and he strikes out 13. We lose that game. And we've done it twice now this year. I think, was it against Scherzer where we strike, we struck out 14, 15 times, I think it was something like that. We won that game as well. So we're hanging in there. And that's down to our pitching. The fact that we're not giving up runs on the other side and we're Again, satisfying win. You, you, you rode on, and you're like, I'm off. I've done my, I've done my work. I've done my yeah. work. I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna hand over now. It's down to you, <laughs> down to you guys to see the game out. And I think that's one of the great. Because I often think to myself when I was first started watching baseball, well, these 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 closers, they've got it easy. You know, if you're if you're just pitching one hit, one inning, but he was he was unplayable. And then the other guy comes in. It was a Kopech, Kopech, wasn't it? Kopech and then, came uh, in, yeah. Yep. And uh, and and Torres, and it was the Torres show for, for mm-hmm. you know, and it and because I remember the the one that I did with Kevin, and you just sit there, you're despondent, and you're like, well, everyone's shit. Let's trade everyone. It's all bollocks. So it's, it's all the end of the world, as you would, uh, uh, you know. And then you see Torres come in and, and absolutely, mad. and this was his game. It, 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 the end of season review. This is the game you go. Well, that's that. That was Torres's game. Although that Montgomery pitched beautifully, it it takes that 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 a quality player, that little bit of something extra, just to break that. And then you get a triple play as well to finish it. And there's just mm. so many. And this is it's just because the White Sox are a seriously, seriously, seriously good team in my opinion. Uh, and it just take it just took that a couple of bits of magic to break it. And I'd encourage anyone because I've been I've been trying to persuade people to watch baseball and they're like going, Oh, this is rubbish, this is boring. This games like this, that's that that's what it's all about for me as far as I'm concerned. 
you could um if you if you'll fast forward into the end of season review and go where Torres where what happened with Torres in the season, mm. you can look at the IL, the COVID IL stint as being the turning point for his season. Because I think there was some ludicrous stat, I think it was in Sunday's game, that since the IL, he's hitting 600. Went crazy like that. So mm. it, that stint on the IL, or IL or COVID list or whatever you want to call it, that could be a turning point in, in his season. So entering... The game, the top of the ninth, it's a one-all game. Aldis Chapman is pitching and lets the first two men on base. And then we have an extremely rare event, a triple play. Mm -hmm. Urshela to Odor to Voigt. Question, when was the last triple play? God, you've done too much for the Yankees show. You've done me there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to tell you on that one. Have a guess. 2014. My God, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you pulled that right out of you. Oh, my you, God. You, <laughs> you're the cheese store. You're really lucky. Yes, 20, 2014 was the last triple play of the Yankees. As, as a, a slight aside, I've got a story about triple play. In the old Channel 5 days, they had a, um, you know, a competition every year to and they'd said give you a ticket to the World Series. And one year they did like top ten fielding plays, you know, like match of the day, match goal of the season, we have to choose your top ten. Did it with fielding plays. And I had a go at this and what I thought was the best play was a triple play. And it was on the old days of sort of dial up internet. So I entered my top three submissions, what I thought was going to be the, the, the winning. I felt quite good about it, but I wasn't quite sure whether it had gone through or not. I wasn't quite sure. You know, we not it was those old days where you didn't get a success message or anything like that. I wasn't quite sure what had gone through. So anyway, fast forward two weeks and they announced the winners. And they say, we've only had one correct entry. And they do a 3-2-1. And they do this. And I've got the right order. And I'm thinking, my God, I'm going to go to the World Series. And then they announced the name of the winner, and it's some random guy I never heard of. My entry did not go through. Whenever somebody mentions triple play now, I keep thinking of that time on Channel 5 Baseball <laughs> when the triple play fielding play should have got me to the World Series. And because of some ludicrous dial-up internet failure, it didn't go through. But anyway. We haven't had many triple plays. Not many, not many teams do. But this was quite something to behold. But it was hit straight to a shallow, almost at third base. It was almost as perfect as you can get, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the turn by Odor as well at, at second to get that ball yeah. out of his mitt and to Voigt in time. It was it's, 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 it's something that doesn't happen very often. I think there was a quote from Boone where he sits in the dugout. He sits directly sort of in line with a shallow. It says as soon as he knew that, it, as soon as it was hit at a shallow, and he saw him make the move to third. He thought there was a po- real possibility of this happening. And um, there was a theme of the weekend. I think it wasn't, maybe not triple plays, but definitely double plays Doubles. over the weekend was a very big theme. And big step up from Yankee defend or fielding or defence since the start of the season. I like how casual Oshela's step was. Yeah. So you've got his casual step, and then you've got how Luke Voigt gets back up <laughs> and this is where everyone goes to first base is really easy to play you'd still be down you'd still be down on the floor <laughs> <right now. laughs> are, you, are you kidding me I'd need a JCB to get me back <laughs> just uh, just and then, you know go oh, first base anyone can do that I would just be able to do that with your legs I, that, that, <laughs> I, I, my eyes were watering <laughs> and then the bottom of the ninth after that triple play Torres steps up and delivers the winning hit yeah yeah. From that, so that that I uh, that COVID didn't could be a well, it has so far turned into be a massive point in this season. Yeah, where he's come back and he's just he's a different. He's a he looks at twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. Was it twenty nineteen? Had that really good twenty nineteen version of Gleyber Torres? Maybe not the power side of it because his power stroke hasn't quite come yet. Run this season, but just the the consistent hitting. It's not one hit and then five, six strikeouts in a row, then another hit. It's 
three out of a three for four on a day, two for three on a day. It's every day hit. Boom, boom, boom. It, it isn't. He's on a he's on a run of form because he was struggling early in the season. Let's be honest about it. Um, you know, his his fielding game was off and his hitting was off as well. So it, it's good to see him get back into what he can be doing. We then come to the Saturday evening. And good news is we've got Garrett Cole on the mound. Um, once again, Garrett Cole delivers seven innings, no earned runs. There's a theme here. You may have spotted it already. Mm. Um, and the Yankees have moderately easy win that night of 7 nothing After a 2-0, 2-0 and a 2-1, you now get a 7-zip. Yeah, yeah it's no, no, no. Go on, Jack, sorry. And they're gone, you go. Fine. No, I'm just saying, the, you know, once again, they had a, a cease period um, and they were looking, you know, decent picture going, going quite well. And it just shows how quickly, the, you know, it just takes a little bit of, a uh, bit of quality, a few mistakes. And, and, and the game just runs away from you really, really quickly. And I think having someone like Cole in there who can just do that. And I was thinking, oh, blimey, we've had a, we've had a no hitter <laughs> earlier in the week. He's, he's well in control. And then we get into the seventh and then he starts to get into a bit of a jam. And I think the right decision was made at that stage. But it was it was good to see against the team, once again, this quality of the White Sox, that we can actually maintain the pressure that we could pick up rather than just getting one hit. We just, just turned the screw on them quite nicely and we're pretty much in control uh, from that point on. But I, I assumed, I just thought, well, the White Sox are going to win one. That's the, the good, good pitch and this could go either way. But it, it felt, or pedestrian sounds sounds ridiculous, but it felt just a nice, comfortable, nice, comfortable victory. Right? That, that, that was my main take of, of the game, Rob. But we said about seats, didn't the seats. He started off the game. I think we would be no hit through four, which obviously isn't a lot. It's still early in the game, but he looked like a guy that was pitching against Cole. He wasn't pitching against. He was determined to go pitch, uh, inning for inning against Garrett Cole. And I think David Cohn mentions this quite a lot in the Yankee forecast. How you're up against a proper ace, a top five pitcher in the in the game. You find yourself not pitching against the team, but pitching against your fellow pitcher. I think. And as soon as we got to him in the fourth, he just crumbled. And I know yeah. he's I know he's still young and this and the other. It was like night and day between the person that was for the first three innings. As soon as you get a couple of runners on base, a couple of hits, concede a run, he just he lost it and. I was a little bit surprised the White Sox didn't put up more of a fight in this game. I know it's, I know it is Garrett Cole and, and this and the other, but I thought their, their hitting kind of just didn't show up in this game. And um, yeah. No, he, he definitely sees uh, unraveled in his own head, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't get a couple of calls and a couple of hits went against him and he, 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 he unraveled pretty quickly after that, which is a shame because he's got some talent. Cole was good, albeit... He gave three walks away, which for a man who went 61 strikeouts without giving up a walk is, is quite something. What the, the thing that struck out for me this game was he clearly wasn't going to go any more than seven. Hit the last pitch he threw in the game. And how many pitches did he throw? 95 pitches. His last pitch, his 95th pitch of the game was. 101 mile an hour fastball that curved back into the just catch the corner of the plate at the last minute. Absolutely phenomenal strikeout. 101, the fastest pitch he's thrown all season, and he saved that for his 95, 95th pitch. If you watch other good pitchers, their velocity can go up at the end of an inning. Verlander does it, Scherzer does it. The These guys, they really step up. They, they, they can be throwing high heat, high more velocity than any other time in the game in the 7th, 8th, ninth innings. And Cole, that's the first time I've seen him do that. 101 outside corner of the plate, strike three, end of the 7th. And then I, it was just a bit of a possession after that for Wilson and Sessa. I do have to sort of just remind myself, and I do find myself just laughing at it sometimes, that Garrett Cole was a Yankee and he's here for a while and he's, we, we use this word, oh, I use word, he's legit. He is a proper, proper ace. And we've not had that since CC came over. And it's it makes such a difference. And you do find yourself just sitting there to start talking. Going, He's a Yankee. And, and it's got a, a, a top, top 
top, top, top pitcher in the game for us, rather than us always seem to go against these top pitchers. He's a Yankee. He's a Yankee. I just, I just sometimes I just have to remind myself that he is on, he's on our team. He's, he's amazing, and the player I enjoyed watching as well. I thought Ford played really. I know we got, I know we got the home run, but his glove work was, was excellent as well. And it's good to see because you sometimes think when Boyd comes back, he's gonna, he's gonna get forgotten, and, and and rightly so. He probably could be a trade piece, but there were just there was just certain things just seemed to work yeah, defensively, uh, and even that night it was just a, it was a nice you know, like I say against a really really good team that you expected to be a little bit more to and fro like the like the previous game and but you can get there but you know and, and I felt I felt they let uh, they left season there too long because when it had gone I don't know about you but when you see a player that's gone you almost I suppose it's the old you know not going to get the old school manager but let him work his way out of it what have you got to lose it just felt like it was getting out of control and he, he's a young man and he, he's going to be a brilliant uh, brilliant pitcher uh, as his career develops but so there was some there were some nice hits I think um, did it, Anduar got a good hit, if I remember rightly. Um, I, he got an RBI, good. Ford yeah. hit a home run, and, and Torres went three for four with four RBIs. That was where the runs came from. Good, good night at the office, you know, really. I mean, that was, uh, that, that, that was a bit of strength in depth there. So, yeah, and Yankee Stadium play a part of it. You know, the, all, the, all those different things. It just feels that momentum is starting to build. And I don't want to get myself excited because I'm an emotional roller coaster, and then it's all the end of the world. <laughs> but but that was a that was a nice controlled performance. And then to follow up like we did um, was yeah, a satisfying weekend. So we come to the Sunday, and Tyon's on the mound. We think it's probably let's be honest, is the probably the number five starter that we have at the moment. Um, and he just doesn't want to be the only pitcher not to give up uh, to get to give up an own run in the five. And he goes five innings, no runs. So in total, over the last five games, Yankees starting pitches, 35 innings pitch, no earned runs. I thought Tyon was fine. Um the, the one stat that I think it did stand out to me was Tyon this season with going through the Rotation for the third time, he's giving up uh, hits at a 400 clip. So I think to pull him when he did was the right move, and then to turn it over to the bullpen. Um, I've, I've, um, I've said, I'm sorry, Mark, I didn't mean to jump in, but I think I've said this before about Boone that he, he pulled him at the right stage because he'd had a good in it, he had a good out, and it's all about getting his confidence up, getting his him back into the swing of pitching in major league games, and confidence is a big part of that. And I I said, I think taking him out then, you could have maybe pushed him to try and get another in and out of him, but just take him out there, get that win. Not necessarily, not literally the win under his belt, but the sort of, he he got that confidence boost that he I think he he needed. Yeah, and I think if he'd been the only starting pitcher out of the rotation, to either have had a bad outing or give up a run or lose the game. I think it might have been bad for his confidence. So I think mm. this was definitely the right move. Uh, as it was, the bullpen wasn't as good as it has been in previous games. Peralta, Green, and, God forbid, of all this Chapman, uh, all gave up home runs. And this was a close game in the end. Yeah, it was It was one of them games that we we looked in control the whole game with, with Tyrone on, on, on the mound and as we just discussed there, getting him out was the right decision. Um, and then just say the, 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 the bullpen were probably due for one of these games. I felt they've been so good. And Chapman's been so good all year. They were due one of these games. And yeah, Peralta it was, looked bad though. I mean, I thought Peralta looked bad when he came in. For me, yeah, he, he didn't look, things. he didn't look good at all. And it, as I say, I think we were due one of these games where the, the bullpen didn't quite, us out, but the Bourne who homered against Chapman mm-hmm. because he seems like he's gonna he's gonna be a bit of a player as well. Actually, he I think seems... he was their top prospect, wasn't he? I think he was their top prospect. He look, he looks like a player. I have to say, he look, he looks decent. And it was a you know he got cracking home run. It really was. But we just seemed to. I I was worried, and obviously we'll come on to it, but. It, it's you'll be gutted if you lost the game the way they lost it. <laughs> but the relief, and sometimes you feel the luck's with you. It's the old sport, you know, you can be good, but if you're not lucky, um, then then it doesn't really matter. 
but but I felt I thought because I was one of those that I, the tie on story is one that I think that's a guy who's just grateful to be playing baseball again at the level he's playing. I don't think he was signed with the expectation that you're ever going to get more than well you, to get him up to seven would be not impossible because I don't know his own arm and what he's been through but but that's where Seve comes in and you've got a lot more scope and a lot more a lot more options there but actually I think he's proving to be a, a useful part of the rotation at the moment and as you, you rightly mentioned but it's just we were saying at the start of this well well the bullpen's the answer but there is no one answer because any given day that's the strange thing about a baseball season evening itself out isn't it but I thought when I looked at Vaughan home and I was thinking to myself you can just see why the White Sox are going to do well because they've got pieces like that that are going to step up and, and be magnificent. I think, I think they've brought him up a little bit quicker than they'd hoped to because of the injuries to um, Jimenez and Robert. Um, but even so, I agree with you. He's, he, he looks as though he's a gamer, no doubt. The, the most pleasing thing to me in this game was the we'd, we'd won the series. We'd been dominant for the best part of the week. We could, no, not we would have, but you probably wouldn't blame him for going. Oh, maybe today isn't our day. We've, we've, you know, what I mean, we, we didn't give up, and not that we were not that we were losing or anything like that. We were still tying in the bottom of the night, but yeah, I have seen in, in past seasons, especially under Boone, sort of punting games quite early on mm-hmm. when you think we're still in the game, and it was just nice to see Tyler Wade. Your 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 boy Rob got another key <laughs> key hit in huge in, fan huge in, fan yeah, big yeah, fan yeah, big fan yeah. um, <laughs> he got another key hit dribbler in in the infield but that's what speed does and he got that in the bottom of the ninth didn't he yeah he did yeah did he not, did he lead off the ninth I don't think so no okay maybe got that I, I I honestly can't remember he might he might have marked I I honestly can't remember. Um, it was I know, it was um, Fraser single, didn't he? Fraser Gardner. Yep. Then then uh, then intentional then walk. And then yeah, yeah, they, they walked DJ. Yeah, they walked That's DJ, right. and then it was. Hmm. Well, they brought Liam Hendricks in to pitch to judge, and Hendricks just had no control. It's just all over the show. So all all the his. Um, even this, even the strike he got against Alan Judge was was, was high, and and Judge was trying to get out of the way, and as he did so, swung. Um, and then Hendricks continued to throw the same pitch the next four four times, and they were not Judge. even close, were they? They were uh, pitches where you go, oh, he, you could see him swing at that. They were they were they were balls from the moment they left his hand. So, and it's the old walk off walk. Is there anything more exciting in in baseball than a walk off walk? You'll take it. You will. You will take You're it abs- all day long. All You'll day take long. it every every I, day of the week. I have seen my first ever game when I saw the Yankees was a walk off walk in the bottom of the ninth against the yeah. Red Sox. I suppose a walk off bulk would be. Yeah, that would be. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> Go on, Mark. When was the last time? Go on then. You, when was the last you, time we had a walk off bulk? You've, pro- you've probably <laughs> got that on a compliment slipping on your desk somewhere, written down for emergency. It, 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 it's upstairs so I haven't got it here I'm afraid no I haven't got that I'm not as prepared as that but no walk off walk it's it's not quite some, it's not quite the same as a hit or a home run but you know what you'll take it so we've gone 5-0 in the last five games we've now got a very well deserved Rob game off last week he would have, he would definitely have gone 6-6 six, six now wouldn't he long <laughs> so week we, you're not here if we turn to the standings, the, the only problem with the standings is we've won six straight. The bloody Rays have won 11 straight. Yeah, it's... Um, Can I eat the Rays? Them winning 11 straight doesn't, well, it doesn't bother me. It's not saying you can't keep an arm, but you, you, well, you wanted to get that gap, didn't you? And we have done it. It's almost like, okay, we'll start the season again now. Start the season again. I think... Boston might not necessarily fade away, but I think Yankees and the Rays may kick on quite a bit. We'll have to wait. Well, we thought we, we thought Toronto were going to be trouble. So what we're doing is we've got Toronto coming up. It's our opportunity now just to push them further down. And you know, you're never going to take them out of the picture. Um, but uh, certainly at this stage, 
but you've got to give the Tampa model credit. And I was reading today, people going, well, the Yankees and the, you know, the Red Sox, their wage bill was a third of theirs. They need to do this. But that's such a major reset for the Yankees to do. It's, it's, it's impossible. There's no, there's just no way you could do it. There's no need to do it, quite frankly, fans, because of the organisation. The fans would lose their well, no, of course, minds. Of course, of course, they would, they would lose their absolute minds. Do you know what I mean? It's, they, I, they just would not have it. Kev wouldn't have it for one, say that. He, he wants the Yankees to be up at 500 million a year. But <laughs> it, it is what it is. I've, I've said how Cybrenner probably looks at the Rays and goes, well, they can do it on that. Why am I spending this this amount of money? Whether you agree on that or not, it is what it is. Because he's, cause he's bringing in an awful lot more money than that. <laughs> but being these rich men, they just, you know, people like Mark just want to get money in, money in, money in, don't they? <laughs> Me? <laughs> no, he, he, want, he wants to make sure you got a receipt for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once an accountant, always an accountant. So we have three games against the Blue Jays coming up, and then call for them as well. We've got three day three games against the Tigers, who we just mullered when they came to Yankee Stadium. Followed by that with a four game set against the Rays. So we've got ten games on the on the bounce in the next ten days after today. Do we do a prediction for ten, or do we just do do a prediction for the next six or eight? Or how, how are we going to do this? Do you think this week? So three Toronto, uh, three Detroit, and I think it will take us up to th- then three Tampa. No. We'll probably do it. I think for the for the next show. Let's two Tampa. If, if we're doing, if we're doing yeah, this Wednesday, two, two Tampa. Tampa. Let's do two, two Tampa then. Two so Tampa. that's eight Apologies. games. Eight right. games. Okay. Okay. Predictions then. Right. One minute. <laughs> I will start you off then while you think I will go and I don't want to jinx this I'm going to go five and three Blue Jays are on a bit of they've lost the last six um, albeit I think slightly unluckily they've sort of come against the Rays at the wrong time and they're still a really good team I can see us sweeping them sweeping the Tigers to be honest they're not a good team um Maybe split one or two in the ways. I'll go five and three in the next eight. Okay, I'm going to go six and two. Oh, I was going to go six and two. Yeah. <laughs> I really can't. I think Toronto are just starting to struggle a little bit. I think I think we take two of three there. I agree with you, Mark. I think we sweep Detroit. And I think we sort of split the first two games of the four against them. Okay. And just to be different, because I was going to go six and two, I'll go seven and one. <laughs> 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 Which, by the way, I appreciate before anyone goes, <laughs> yes, I know that's completely radio for <laughs> gar, but just for, <laughs> for the sake of the show, just to be different, uh, seven and one. And then Mark's going to go, yeah, but uh, how do you work that out? And that means that, yes, we are looking to sweep the Blue Jays, sweep Detroit, which is, and then them one apiece splitting us the race who knows listen we want to do something wrong. we've won six straight um, we've still yet to play the Red Sox this season which is kind of know, bizarre given weird, we've, we've played about nearly, we've played about 60 odd games when we play them so we'll play until next next weekend we'll bounce up against them an awful lot coming up before we go one piece of a cloud on the horizon I suppose is the news that Aaron Hicks's wrist is likely to require surgery and he could be out for the season. Thoughts? Yeah, it's not it's not ideal, especially as we traded away Tokman for for a guy that didn't pitch very well the other day in, in on Sunday. Um hindsight isn't it? It's what it is what it is. Um you got yeah, Gardner's looking more and more like going to be like an everyday player, which we didn't really want to see this year. We thought it'd be good as a sort of every couple of days get him in to rest someone. You hit, you got Frazier sort of battling bits and pieces. Judge, they want to give a lot of days off and get him DH in. Could Floreal 
make his way up sooner than they really wanted to? That was the question I was going to ask. And the, the problem with Florial is the perennial, the perennial hope. Um, I think he's only hitting about 210 in Triple A, which, okay, 210 in the major leagues this year isn't actually that bad an average. But um, 210 in Triple A isn't inspiring confidence, albeit he can play lights out centre field. So I don't know. I mean, the way I'm looking at this at the moment is a lot of talk about the Yankees trading for Trevor Story. To be fair, we need outfielder more than we need Trevor Story right now. There's a lot of the line, the line of the shields, isn't there? That from from Texas, he's in AAA at the moment, so he's not he's not going to cost you much if anything really. I'm surprised they didn't go for um, Cameron Mabin. He's at the Mets now. He's yeah. at the Mets and the, the Mets basically paid absolutely nothing to get him. The, the, the trade of Popman's looking worse with every injury we have in the outfield. Tyler Wade is a silver lining. He's looking fairly comfortable out in the outfield. Um, I think they'll see him as an everyday outfielder, I think. And and Duhar is an everyday out, outfielder now and he's not butchering it as much as people thought he might have. Um, I, I saw one play recently which he did definitely butcher but um, okay I've not seen every play he's, he's, recently yeah, so. he's, he's going to butcher something because he, he's a bit of a he's not, not an A-star vendor but he's playing a serviceable <laughs> I can hear Chris listening to this through yeah. his high-pitched again yeah. <laughs> he's playing a serviceable left field let's, let's call it that he can wear a glove, a left field yeah, glove, yes. It's doing a job when, when we need it. Um, and he's hitting his starting to come on a little bit as well. I think he's around 300 in the last sort of 10 or so games. Because there was the one he missed, that, there was the one he, he misplayed that went against the against the wall and he, and he gathered it. But we've had a couple where, I don't know if the wind's quite strong in the stadium at the moment, where the outfielder has misjudged the ball being mm. the way the ball's carrying anyway. And they say it's a bit of a dead ball. I'm not looking to excuse Andrew for that, but we we do need, there's no great secret at the top of an opinion for me. I think we do need something else now. My concern is you bring Florio up too soon. And I think they obviously do rate him and would rather protect him. You'll have people saying we should bring Dominguez up next, you know, because he's, he, he can do those things. I think a trade is inevitable. I, I'd like, I'd like Trevor Story, don't get me wrong, but I, I quite, I, I think, um, there is a trade has to happen because if if Hicks is going in for surgery, then we can we can cover it up for a week, two weeks. But if this is a long term thing, you can't see Gardner playing. This, well, we will end up with seeing Gardner playing serviceable centre field, and he's probably playing it better than Hicks was. But some trade has to happen. I'll be interested to know from where and what we're going to give up to do it. Um, but actually, are the team better off with an injured Aaron Hicks in? <laughs> injured Aaron Hicks at the moment, they're playing better without him. So, I, I but I agree with you on the camera, maybe. And I, I thought when I saw that deal happen, I was left. But then again, that's the rose tinted glasses of the maybe of two years ago. What's the maybe of this season going to look like? It's, a, it's it's quite a big time difference for a guy of his age. So, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Mm. So, I think we've probably much. I've got, I've got one more should. thing. Go on. Go on. I'm going I'm, I'm I'm to get you back, Mark, on this one. It's anticipated this week that the two millionth run will be scored in organised Major League Baseball. The two millionth is anticipated to be scored this week. Who scored the, what was deemed to be the one millionth run in Major League Baseball? Okay, can you, give me, can you give me a year? I, mean, I don't really want to, but go on then. 1975. So, so before I was born and you were 32, Mark. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> 75, Pete Rose. No, uh, unlucky. No, played for played for Houston. Bob Watson. John, John Morgan. John, Bob Watson. Bob Watson? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I've never heard of Bob Watson. <laughs> exactly right. So my, so my next question is, what nondescript player that nobody else is going to remember will score the two millionth this week? That'll be quite interesting to see, won't it? Bill Seeger. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. 
but, but oh. that, 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 is that we actually do have to give a name is that part of the cool. Cool. No, cool. Not, really. No, not really but I, but I just thought just look out for this uh, week guys because I think it's gone under the radar a little bit but they anticipate that we will have our two millionth run in organised major, major league baseball this week okay and on that note if any of you else want to send in your predictions to who's going to score the two millionth run please let Tyler us know Tyler Wade Tyler Wade that's it it's going to be let's go, let's go Byron, Byron Buxton <laughs> Oh, he's, on, nice. he's, he's on the IL, so he's unlikely to. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> and on that note, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. Where can they all reach you? Jack? Uh, at NYYankeesUK. Uh, I'm I, on Twitter uh, at Rob Ratty, and obviously we're doing some stuff in the Facebook group, and I've put a message out to the guys uh, to see if anyone else wants to appear on the show. And there's, there's really good activity going on in that, in that messenger group. So uh, you'll see us participating in that as well. Please do. Anybody else wants to come on and join and listen to our insane ramblings every week, you are more than welcome. Um, gentlemen, thanks as usual for your time and good night. 